Hello, and thank you for joining our BIP chat. BIP stands for Business is Personal. And in our chat, I interview um, people who are absolutely fulfilled and dedicated to a particular area that helps people in business and in life. The reason I say business is personal is because two things impact each. You know, if I'm personally struggling, if I'm not developing myself, I'm not looking after myself, it's going to impact my business and my career. If I'm not... Um, doing well in my business, it will affect my personal life and perhaps how I'm communicating at home. So business is personal. And our chats are very, very, very varied from giving you quite remarkable skills that are business skills that you can apply directly into your business. And also the personal side of how can you become empowered and, and really improve how you feel about life. We all know that life is definitely not linear. There are many, many ups and downs. And we are in an amazing position in our business because we have a community called BIP 100, Businesses Personal 100. In that community, we invite members in um, who we feel have certain qualities of um, their values as well as their skills. We want people to be open, um, not sort of act like life is always okay so that they can share and support one another and really live by the values that we believe in of contribution to one another. Hard to contribute to anyone who's not willing to have that contribution. So this week, I'm really excited. We've got Mira Shah with us. And Mira is a really fantastic lady. And we are going to be talking about self-empowerment and the journey that we have to go on through life. And I always talk about the fact that I've, I've, I think to find my happy place and my place of contentment, which doesn't mean I'm not still wanting to strive but I'm now more content I'm driven by the right things that for me has come from me really having an understanding of what my definition of success is and I think this next 25 minutes with you 25 minutes to half an hour is going to really help you and so tune in we're both very very aware of the fact you're giving up your time and we want to really talk to you so I want you to feel like you're sitting with us maybe you'll feel like Mira and I having a great chat at a in a coffee house and you're sitting next to us and you're thinking oh that sounds really good I want an earwig on them and so we we really welcome you so yeah Mira Shah who you can find on LinkedIn Mira is M-E-E-R-A Shah S-H-A-H um, she is um, she has dedicated many years now to this subject of self-empowerment and also this subject of growth mindset. Some of you will probably be aware of the amazing uh, Carol Dweck who wrote the book Growth Mindset, but there aren't many coaches that I have come across that really apply the two things of self-empowerment and growth mindset together. And Mira's got her own story, which I think is fascinating. And uh, so welcome, Mira. Absolutely lovely to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, so first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself so that everybody who's listening knows a little bit more about Mira Shah and your journey. Yeah, thanks, Penny. So um, thank you for that great introduction. And I'll just d dive straight in and talk about why I talk about self-empowerment and why I talk about a growth mindset. And that will give a flavor of who I am anyway and why Brilliant. I do what I do. So I grew up in Kenya and um, I grew up in a joint family. My dad was one of 11 siblings. So you can imagine, yeah. So you can imagine how many aunts and uncles and cousins there were always around and there was so much going on. It was pretty chaotic. 
And so I was quite shy. So if you imagine you're quite shy in a very male-dominated, chaotic household. So traditionally women were, you know, more in the kitchen or raising families and the men were working. And if you're shy in that environment and you're female, you easily get forgotten. So I quickly used to really hide myself behind books. I was academically very bright. So I carried on down that path. And then I used to watch a true story, and I know it sounds a bit cheesy. So I used to watch all these, um, you know, Western TV, American women and British women. And I saw they were quite empowered and lived quite differently. And it was something that really appealed to me. And then it was kind of like, but I'm so shy. I can't be that empowered person. But part of me really wanted to be that because I didn't really want to be the whole Indian married thing, which is probably why I'm still not married. So, <laughs> um, so you know, it, it kind of drove me to really understand speaking up, empowerment. It's really been my personal journey. Added to that, the growth mindset part comes in. So, I think most of us who are of a certain age and over will understand um, that, you know, back. I don't know, back when we were schooling, fixed mindset was much more of a thing. You know, all the paradigms were either you're really successful, you're bright, you're good, or you're not good. There was no middle ground to grow into something. Mm. And I'm so pleased Carol Dweck was the first person who's brought this in. But actually, we now understand, and I'm so glad schools are changing, that actually, because of your beliefs and because of your experience, you might not already be a natural or good at something, but that doesn't mean you can't grow into it. And so then I started, it was only later in the last 10 years I've understood just because I naturally don't have something or I'm not good at it doesn't mean I can't grow into it. And I see a lot of people with that same thing um, around, you know, like your self-belief and your self-identity and your experience and your labels limit the possibilities you think you can have. And then actually, if you step beyond those with some support and the right environment, you can grow into things. Yeah. And that's kind of why I do what I do, because it's quite liberating, to be honest. And you come from such a place of study but also personal experience and I know you you know you've become a coach and you've studied that whole subject of coaching but also you study very deeply but you've had your own journey of of that empowerment and um so really really powerful so can we just dig a little bit more into some of the characteristics that somebody might have if they were actually finding that they'd gone into a fixed night fixed mindset yeah, we can. So actually, um, I have I kind of have uh three or four power questions that I think are really useful, and I I'll, I'll use those to help someone understand what their uh, mindset might be like. But the first thing is that generally, when you're in a fixed mindset, you're quite self-critical. It's just a trait of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, which is much more self-championing and the talk is much more self-positive and I'll bring it to life with a really really simple example that everybody will relate to imagine when you have a child that's trying to walk right so every time it tries to walk it needs some support of a mother or somebody to help it walk it's not going to learn to walk by itself but how many times does it fall and will champion the child and go that's all right try again that's all right try again even the hundredth time 
you'll still be saying try again. And what then happens is we forget that's part of a normal journey. And as, a, as an adult, the minute we fall, you know, we, get, we feel rejected, we blame ourselves, we, we lose all of that natural, yeah, I'll fall and I'll get up and nice. I'll move on. It's, you know, and as adults, we really, really forget that. So I think that's kind of one of the big things um, about a growth and a fixed mindset. So when you find yourself self-critical versus self-championing, know you've moved into your fixed mindset part. I love that. I love that analogy. I love that metaphor of the baby or whatever, simile or whatever you call it. That's really true. And, you know, you would never say that to a child, and yet we so happily say it to ourselves. Yeah. It's um, And so we need to champion ourselves like you would that child, really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love that. And so that's that's kind of the first thing. Um, the other thing also might be, um, so I wanted to say, so the other thing around kind of when you get into a fixed mindset and that self-talk, just the critical self-talk, I want to share an example that uh, that I thought about when I was reading so I'm a big fan of fan of friends and you know Matthew Perry passed oh, away um, very sad terrible. but one of the things he kind of there are a couple of things he says which really highlights to me like the consequences of a fixed mindset if I may share so one is he talks about you know he's dating Julia Roberts and he keeps thinking he's not good enough and he didn't want to face any rejection. So he dumps her just because he thinks he's not good enough for her. Wow. And, and it's, it's, what happened? Is that a true story? It's a true story, yes. Absolutely. Wow. They were dating. And then he kept thinking, I'm not good enough for her. She's going to dump me at any point And I can't face the rejection. And so he broke up with her. Now, that's an extreme example of someone who's pretty self-aware of how they sabotage things. Gosh, I love that. I know someone who's going through heartbreak at the moment and we can't work it out. And I think that's that's such a good story for all of us. It could be something that, but we are yeah. constantly self-sabotaging. The not good enough comes from a fixed mindset. And if it was a growth mindset, you would say, yeah, you know, we're building this, we're growing this and you know, we will blossom this. That's a growth mindset. If it doesn't work out, we'll sit down and work out how to make it work. Yeah. Versus a fixed mindset, back to the critical, oh my God, I'm not good enough. She's going to dump me, right? And imagine if Julia Roberts was thinking that too, just, I'm sure she's not, I'm just making this up. So if you really, you know, growth mindset is like, hey, she's here with me. That must be pretty cool. If things don't work out, we'll have to sit down and see what we need to fix very different yeah so brilliant that very and brilliant. right so it's really and and you know it can have severe consequences on your life from the daily little things we don't do because we yeah. don't good enough versus as extreme as that um and and another so if I look at then the idea around failure you can ask yourself how do I feel about failure? That's a fixed versus a growth mindset. Another really big mm. topic. So, you know, a growth mindset knows failure is just part of the process. Like the child falling, you're not going to get up and yeah. walk the first time. And failure simply gives you more information of that didn't work. So let me, I, 
either do it differently or get support or what or do I need to pivot something yeah. and if you think about life or business it's pretty normal I'm I'm yet to find one business that succeeded the first time they tried something right it's constant yeah. and in your life in your business and if if you have a fixed mindset the minute you fail, the minute your business fails, your service fails, you take it so personally rather than, oh, I now have more information on this thing that I thought was amazing. Actually, other people don't think it's as amazing as I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, let me find out what they want. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's back to all of that. And I love... um. I love another. I love an example of a growth mindset. Is um, I was doing this talk uh, a few months ago, and it just had happened. So it's a very cool example. A person who I don't know how he's personally, but on PR and TV is Elon Musk. You know, he tried to launch that space shuttle, and it only went up. I can't remember, like a few hundred meters, and then it exploded. Mm-hmm. He called it a success. Right, the yeah, very people in the world who would blow up a spaceship and call it. Yeah. He said, "My aim was just to have it launched. It launched, and now I know what to do next time, and it will be, be bigger and better." So you know, it's just different ways how we can champion Amazing. ourselves. I love that. I love that. We can all relate. We can all relate to those sort of moments, and yeah, the fact right? it's brilliant. Brilliant. And so, um, yeah, really, really powerful. Um, and I think, and I think it's important to know that on a different day, your mindset can be different. Like you'll predominantly be fixed or growth, but on a different day, it'll be different. So when you're feeling good, you're probably more on a growth mindset, and on some days you won't be. It's a feeling like anything else, depending on who you're with. So I find when I'm around really positive people. I move into growth mindset. When I'm around people who are quite critical and negative, I tend to slip into a fixed mindset. So really important to understand who you're with and what you're interacting with. It can really influence your mindset as well. That's really interesting. And what finishes me at that that is if you are in an environment like that, what can you do to almost influence them and shift their attitude as well? Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's like banging your head against your brick yes, wall. <laughs> it depends. But at least you hope that by you being you, yeah, exactly, you can inspire them to go, actually, maybe yeah. I'm being too hard on myself. Yeah. This is a bit negative. Or um, It's you know. quite interesting because in 2018, and I've made it very well known because I wrote my book, Business Personal, is about it. I never called it burnout, but I think that's what I did do. And when I, and it was all just massive levels of exhaustion and a really a misunderstanding of what resilience is, I think for me. You know, I, I, I'm I, halfway I, through your book, by the way. Oh, I love it. <laughs> lovely. And, um, you know, I've since learned through all these techniques you're teaching that resilience is being the best boxer in the ring who knows how to avoid the punches because they've got so much awareness it's not about how many times can somebody punch me in the face. That's to me, not resilience. It's, you know, so I find that really interesting, but coming out of this period, I think I came out of it with a fixed mindset because I think I was so scared of going back to the, where I was 
that I wanted to limit everything to protect me. Does that make sense? So it sort of made me realize that that you can actually circumstance can take you into a fixed mindset, even though you're naturally a growth mindset person. Exactly. And that's why I say, you know, different phases in our lives. When we have knockbacks, it's very easy to jump into a critical fixed mindset. Um, yeah. And and it, and we and we shift, but I think once you're aware, then you shift out of it faster. I think, yeah, yeah. and being with the right people, yeah. it's not that you're always going to be a growth mindset person, but the awareness means you sh- you have more toolkit. You surround yourself with better people, yeah. and you shift out of it faster. You don't stay there as long as when you're not aware. And you know, fixed mindset kind of a failure, fixed mindset. They're really linked to things like. I'm not saying you can't get in a growth mindset, depression, burnout. Yeah. When people in a fixed mindset fail, they can really go into shame and guilt. And yeah. I've been there many a time before I would freeze and stay there for yeah. way longer than was necessary. Whereas now with the awareness, the toolkits, I go there and then I, I realize like, okay, this is not helpful. And I could shift myself out of it faster. Yeah, That's kind really, of the difference, I think. That is really powerful because there are so many people suffering burnout and depression and things like that. Um, it can really happen. Yeah. And do you feel? And I think burnout for me, I I've also I'm I'm literally coming to the like I've I think I've come just past the worst of my burnout. Yeah. So I will say happily that the fixed mindset has exhausted me in different ways and being self-critical is exhausting, right? Um, shame and guilt are very heavy emotions. They're exhausting. Depression is ex- so many things are exhausting. But what I lacked when we go into that, and I know I like you know, people who generally lack confidence, lack self-worth, they're linked or interchangeable. Yeah. So yeah. if I lack confidence, obviously my self-worth is always a bit of a problem. When you go into that, you don't allow yourself joy. And when you're not allowing yourself joy and you're being critical, then you're just in heavy emotions and it's pretty exhausting. That's very, kind of- very, and it just becomes a cycle. Then for, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm actually, you know, aware of what you've been through and beautiful seeing you come through it. But also, I've got two other people in my life, in my business and life that are going through it and um yeah it's really hard and I think your words around the fact that you know the depression and the burnout and the lack of confidence and the fear of all of these things and not finding joy yeah you have to find someone like you to come through you know somebody who understands it and has also studied it to come through it but it's, it's um very commonplace it really is it's becoming even more common it's, and or people are more open to saying they're feeling yeah. it. I don't know which one it is, but possibly that's yeah. it. Well. But I think there must be a way that we can catch it. And it once we are aware of the symptoms that we can try and realize what's happening to us, you know, it'd be like physically if, if we knew that our leg was started, we were limping, we would start to try and find out what was making it limp before we then need a knee replacement in my case, you know, if it happened again to my other leg, I would know that what was, you know, I think we can become familiar with a feeling and know how to avoid it next time. And I think that's, again, the thing is around the self-care, isn't it? Because 
I think catching things before they get there's a sequence of things before they become really bad and with my burnout like you know when I was younger I would like go for massages and have a weekend off and a holiday that was kind of enough but as I grew older that was never going to be enough and I didn't recognize that and I kept pushing myself Mm. but it was there you know I needed extra massages and extra holidays and extra sleep and I just yeah you're Mm. right you need to kind of actually listen to the signs of the body and self-care way early and I think I love this link to this um this fixed mindset because asking yourself uh, I don't know whether there are some things that you can look for to identify whether inside yourself that you are suffering a fixed mindset with relating to burnout you can because yeah any anybody that might think yeah I I've started to overprotect myself or I've started to close my world down because I'm yeah because of burnout it's yeah I think it's back to the growth mindset is well my energy is the most important thing so I need to first go and fix that and I need to manage that and from there I'll grow in a way that's actually appropriate for me not what everybody's telling me I should do yeah. or and I used to compare myself and you know there's a lot around you should wake up early be at the gym do 10 11 hour days otherwise you're a bit of a failure but actually my energy was never suited for that it's not who I am but I was reading all that and personalizing it whereas a growth mindset I would have gone no my energy is the most important thing so I do that and then I grow into what I need to grow into versus fixed is if I don't do that I'm gonna fail I think yeah uh, if I I don't get that I'm gonna fail that's the problem it's a bit of a side subject this but very 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 relevant is that anybody that's watching I'm putting showing this whoop band that I'm wearing and I promise I'm not sponsored by whoop (laughs) but we in the community we've got I think we've got about 12 members now using the whoop band and we've got on the whoop um on the whoop app we can see all 12 people and what i found phenomenal is it tracks your sleep and your recovery and your strain and the algorithms within it all and um i've been through for the last four weeks quite a lot of emotional strain and also house move and and work and when i'm at my best um and i'm able to get to the gym and do my pilates and yoga and do that stuff my strain will probably get to about 12 in the code, but what's called the HRV, which is your heart rate variability, will be really high. So it would be about 46. And that's how much our hearts are beating a minute, right? It goes from 12 to 46. That's a huge range. Yeah, well, it's about it's 46 is what it normally is, about 46. Aye. I haven't been able to exercise the last week because I've been busy and supporting someone a lot and, and I haven't been able to and house movement things. My strain has been um, around <laughs> 14, but my heart rate variability has dropped down to about 19. Now that means that um, I am, my heart is suffering. You can see this on the algorithm. And if I continued that, it would oh. give me burnout. So it's really interesting what you're saying because I can see scientifically. So what I have to do is rest. I have to rest. And then I slowly see my heart rate variability improving. 
and I and and I see the um, I see the strain dropping. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, that, it's amazing that you can measure it because actually, then... everything you're saying, so you can monitor yourself better. And I love it because actually sometimes, you know, we're in a bit of denial. We always have a bit of, I can push myself more. I know, I can do more. Exactly. And actually having a scientific measure is like, no, this is telling me what I'm feeling that I, I feel I want to rest. And this is telling me I need to rest. I think that takes a bit of the guilt off because sometimes we do question ourselves and go, am I being a bit lazy? Can I push myself? We all go into that. And I love, I didn't know that. And I love that um, you can actually measure it. Measure it and, and scientifically much. prove everything you're saying, um, which I think is... And really I think we need to all just become a lot, and I'm, you know me, I'm heart-led and emotional and spiritual, all that, you know, much more heart-led stuff, not just mind. I think we need to all be more in touch with our bodies and our emotions. We do have a natural intelligence that we know how we're feeling so I think we need to tune into that a lot more yeah absolutely you're absolutely right on that you really you really are and what where does because I think it was lovely the way you introduced yourself and you talked about the beliefs that you absorbed as a young person in the family in a very traditional Indian family in Kenya um, (laughs) where there was real demarcation of roles and women weren't as empowered and it still happens in um, India, in developing countries. I yes. mean, it's changing a lot, obviously, from when I grew up. It's still huge, though, in developing countries. It's yeah. much bigger than here. But your beliefs, I mean, what you did is somehow those beliefs that were programmed into you. And you must come across this with clients that, you know, their beliefs are what's limiting them. And they don't even realize they've got these programmed <laughs> beliefs. And I know I'm interviewing you when you've got a cold, you're managing it ever so well. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, yeah, ignore the I know, water. no, you're managing it very, very well. Um, yeah, these beliefs, can you, we talk a little bit about our beliefs and how they can determine, you know, our life and, and how we empower ourselves? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, mine was obviously being in a male environment and having kind of the female Indian roles, which were family comes first getting married in Indian culture still you know um, at least where I come from getting married and getting married well is far bigger an achievement than anything else mm. Um, you know being a good cook all those things Um, yeah having kids is a big thing I think in most societies there is but more in those sort of Indian Asian cultures I think it's way bigger Um, then I have I have some clients um uh, like you have to be careful of your beliefs so mine was all of that and my family wasn't that religious religion can really be a really big one and I don't I don't want to point things out but just as an example I've had four clients and that's why I can mention it is the certain beliefs um, like the Catholic religion has that really limits in the way it limited me from doing what I wanted to do, the shyness and all of that. You know, whatever your religion teaches you, sometimes it was created back in the day as a protection or power. You kind of need to understand how that affects modern day living and how appropriate. So religion is a big one, I feel. Sometimes maybe your schooling or your friends. So 
you know, if you've grown up in poverty, then thinking you can be really rich. For some people, that's a real driver, but for some people, it can feel too much of a stretch. Um, I do this financial, ex I do a couple of exercises which really kind of make you think way bigger. One is a visioning one and one is a financial one. And this has stumped me the first time I did that exercise in a room of MBAs, so highly ambitious people. I'll tell you what the exercise is, actually. People could try it if they're listening. I say, like, close your eyes, and then it's built up to that. But the last bit of it is imagine you are going to feature on the cover of your favorite magazine or newspaper, so whatever it is, right? It could be Forbes or Glamour or whatever your thing is. How are you going to look and what's it going to say about you? And the thing that always surprises me is actually how much resistance people have. They can't even imagine being on that cover. And it's like, they can't even, it's an exercise and most people can't even imagine that they could make that. And so it just kind of goes to show that your limitations even stop you from dreaming. So, um, yeah, just be careful who you hang out with, the schools you went to, what you're reading, the religion you have. Very interesting. Also it's so interesting. I went out for dinner with some um, friends last night and they're relatively new friends, but we've bumped into each other in Farnham for years. And um, she said to me, I, I, you you are in the top three of the most glamorous women I know. Aww. And I could have fallen off my chair when she said it because my I had all sorts of beliefs growing up about myself and um, one of them was not that at all. Um, I've got two very glamorous sisters and my mum would, um, she, we would arrive at Christmas Day or something and she would praise the way they looked but not me. Because, and somehow my style did not suit her style. So I've just grown up feeling not as attractive, not at all glamorous. I had all these belief systems. And to hear her say that really, really shocked me, actually. Really, it's, to this moment, it does. And, and when, how did you react when she said that to you? I, I were, you able to, were you able to just say thank you? Or was your first instinct to go, I can't believe it? I was sort of, I said, I said, thank you, but I'm very shocked. And then I did start to, yeah, reduce myself in front of her. I did. I could feel I was doing it. You know, I can't imagine why you would think that. And goodness me, look at these other people. Because clothes wise, I never, I don't, I mean, I've got a capsule wardrobe and I lived in jeans when I was young and I've got a capsule wardrobe. I don't have glamorous dresses. I don't dress glamorously. So I couldn't relate to it. So what her definition is, I, I don't know. But but the other one, when I did some group therapy around beliefs um, in 2018, as part of, I was working with a the therapist and he said, let's do some group stuff as well. And um, they asked us me to write, they, we wrote on a board, I am, dot, dot, dot. And we had to write, I am. And it was very interesting because I wrote, I am not wanted. And that was a feeling I had all my life because I was the last child of four. My parents didn't, um, my mum didn't breastfeed me. I was annoying to the siblings. I was supposed to be a boy. There was lots of things, lots of things. Um, and that is interesting because it's sort of a negative thing, obviously, to feel not wanted. And it has defined a lot of the ways that I've actually turned into a superpower because I, I want people to realise how wanted and significant they are. That's a really important part of my values. 
Um, but there was another woman that wrote, um, I am happy. And a man wrote, I am clever. And I thought, oh, you lucky things to have such positive belief systems. And when we deconstructed it in the room, their, their belief systems were very, very hard for them because if at any point she wasn't happy, she felt destroyed because that was, I am happy. So she didn't know how to handle not being happy. And the man in the room said, I'm clever. If ever anything went wrong, if he failed at anything, he was destroyed. Oh, my God, that's the end of him, right? Belief system of being clever. So I find this whole belief systems really incredibly empowering when you get beneath, when you must work with your clients and get beneath where are these belief systems coming from. Incredibly interesting that are defining your journey in your life. And a lot of them are created in defense. And obviously, I said I'm quite spiritual. A lot of them actually have born out of lineages and history. And I mean, obviously, it depends on the client and how far back you go. Obviously, I, because of the work I do, I can go back. It was really funny. There was just to add to what you're saying. I once did something with somebody and I kept hearing um, like, it's a, it's a bit deep but I was doing this work with somebody it was a, a spiritual thing and we tuned in and, and I kept getting like the word you're a bitch you're a bitch you're a bitch and then I had to sit down I was like if I'm really honest I don't think anyone so it stemmed from I'm not good enough and then I when I tuned into the I'm not good enough I kept getting like a voice or a thing saying you're I'm a bitch and I kept thinking but I've actually never been called that I've I've been blessed. I know a lot of women get called that. And it's a really collective phenomenon where women are labeled as bitches when, especially back in the day when they asked for what they wanted or they were glamorous or, you know, they were a bit like, these are my needs. A lot of them labeled them as bitches. Yeah. And I was like, maybe that's where it's come from. Maybe some of my aunts that I'd seen who were a bit more, had more self-worth and said I want... But actually, as I kept tuning in, actually, I got all the way to, um, as some people may or may not know this, but Mary Magdalene, who was Jesus's partner back in the day, she got labeled as a whore and a bitch. And it was funny, some of those things then car carried down. So the beliefs, some are what we create in a defense, but some was absorbed collectively through lineages and yeah, and just to be aware of you know what that is not true men at the time used it for power and that's but to deconstruct that takes a bit of time really yeah no that is interesting I know the other word is that you're uh, stop nagging oh, that drives me mad when women are right nagging. and it's just the way where women were shut down Mm. And didn't have a voice when they said stop nagging. Most yeah, of the time exactly. you're even nagging, yeah. right? What does that even mean, right? What does it mean? Exactly. <laughs> so the um you're obviously you're a you qualified as an accountant and you took your own journey because you went this academic route and you've taken and I know you you are very much a businesswoman, you understand business, you you you're an amazing operator in in a business field but you now are working to help people overcome some of these things that actually once you create awareness of them can be really quite quick quick results can't they with people exactly because then you realize um that's what's driving your goals and your visions yeah. and you're like okay no that's not true in my case no I'm not 
I'm not a bitch or someone if I am, whichever one. But <laughs> either way, you know, I don't care, kind of. Whichever yeah. works, it's got, it's, you know, you have to kind of look at it a bit more deeply to see whether it needs love or releasing. It could be either, because sometimes you've got to love parts of yourself. If it is true, then you have to love that yeah. part of yourself. But if it's not true, you can release it. Tell you yeah. all of that. Um, yeah, and um, I think... Sorry, yeah. No, I said that just really ends up limiting, you know, those labels of me thinking I don't have confidence, I don't have self-worth. A big one we all have sometimes comes up a lot is I don't deserve this. Mm. And that comes from like your family or what you believed. You know, it's, it's a really sad one, but it comes up. Anyway, but that then limits the goals and visions we set, who we hang out with, you know, all of that. So actually, if you can just understand these are the things that have been driving me but they're not true then you can set a different vision for you your business your life all of that that is beautiful Mira and when you work with clients I know you have some good speaking roles as well with companies but you do a coach you coach with clients one-to-one and do you do that virtually as well as face-to-face yeah most of it's now virtual actually I miss the face-to-face, especially the talks I miss face-to-face. But now most of it's virtual. I can see clients face-to-face, but obviously Zoom has become my new best friend. And in a way, it makes it easier. People don't have to travel. They're comfortable at home. Um, Occasionally, especially if it's a longer session, two, three hours, then sometimes somebody might want to do it in person. Um, I've I've had clients who kind of wanted to practice a speech or something, then we've done that in person because it's more fun and you know yeah get that's great more out. And but that yeah, a lot of it zoom one-to-one talks yeah. um workshops oh it's been really lovely talking with you mira i hope you've enjoyed it listening in sitting by our side while we're while we're doing this and uh don't know whether you've been in the car listening or walking along or sitting at your desk but thank you for joining us and if you would like to contact Mira you can get in touch with her either through me very welcome to send me a message or um, go on to LinkedIn and find Mira Shah M-E-E-R-A Shah S-H-A-H two words obviously Mira you've been amazing and I've absolutely loved this chat thank you so so much and um, thank you everyone for giving us your attention today that means a lot to us